you seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Fast Money is right now, right now on Fast. We're counting down to big tech earnings. Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, Microsoft, Meta, all of them on the calendar for next week. What you should be watching in these reports and how you should be playing these names. Plus, healthy gains. Vaccine makers getting a big shot in the arm today. Get it? And they're not the only one set to skyrocket higher. The chart master is here with a look into these trades. And later on, gushing profits. One oil company notching its best earnings report in seven years. But can these gains continue? We will find out. I am Frank Holland in for Miss Melissa Lee. This is Fast Money Live from the NASDAQ market site right in the heart of Times Square. And on the desk tonight, an all-star cast, Tim Seymour, Steve Grasso, Guy Adami, and Julie Beal. And with that, we start with a strong rally to wrap up the week. The major indexes or indices, whichever way you want to say it, all closing up more than 2%, with the Dow finishing just shy of its 50-day moving average for the very first time since September the 12th. It's now up three weeks in a row, its longest winning streak since last November. The S&P and the Nasdaq also posting solid gains today. Meanwhile, we saw some big intraday swings in some other markets. Take a look. The yield on the two-year Treasury swinging nearly 20 basis points from high to low. And the greenback, the dollar, finishing the day nearly 2% off of its intraday high. All these moves come as we count down to a big week for tech earnings. Microsoft, Alphabet, kicking things off on Tuesday. So how does today's action set us up for what's in store for next week? We're going to begin it with the dean. A lot of people call this gentleman the dean of this thing, Guy Adami. Hey, Guy. <laughs> I don't know about dean, but welcome, Frank. Uh, listen, it's interesting. I think people will make the assumption that all four are going to miss terribly or all four or five are going to uh, have cr tremendous earnings in the markets. The reality is you'll probably get a mixed bag. That's what we've seen the last couple quarters. So. I know Tim talked about this last week. I brought it up as well. This reminds me, this period reminds me of the middle of June of this year when the market proceeded to rally 17.5-18% into August. And I think we're in the midst of that now, and we've actually talked about it. So, yeah, you're getting a bit of a relief in the dollar to the downside. Yields are sort of taming up a little bit. And I do think there's probably another 7.5% on top of the 7.5% we've seen in four or five trading sessions. Does not mean... All's clear by any stretch of imagination. I'll say this again. I still think lower for the year, but tactically, I think we're in the midst of what we saw in the middle of June. Julie Beal, I see you nodding over there. Do you agree with this mixed bag philosophy? Yeah, I, I agree that, you know, these tech names are not a monolith. They actually run very different businesses that have very different drivers. Um, they upset the regulators pretty regularly, and so that comes into their business as well. So I, I think we have to look at them each on a case-by-case -case basis. Generally speaking, some of these businesses are some of the more durable ones. I'm thinking of Alphabet in that case. Um, and, you know, valuation is starting to be in a place that's a little bit more compelling, where I think you have a little bit less risk. So I think there's definitely some interesting names, but I completely agree with Guy. You know, it's this feels very much like a bear market rally. We're very enthusiastic. We all want the Fed to stop raising rates. But at the end of the day, the stock market's not the mandate. It's inflation and employment. 
So, I mean, obviously we could have a mixed bag. One of the big factors in that mixed bag idea here, uh, Steve, is the dollar. The dollar's been really strong this quarter. Impacts different companies in a different way. But remember, just a few months ago, Microsoft actually flagged a headwind with the dollar as far as EPS. Yeah, so it feels like the dollar is definitely extended. We all know that it, it has been extended. So that would be that would be the inverse correlation between oil and the dollar is the only thing for me that would stabilize oil or energy prices right now. And then when you look at big big cap tech, I, I do believe that you're going to see five to seven percent moves post close post earnings on these names, which has been a huge moves. And we're not we're not ready for that. Mm-hmm. We've had it, but we're not ready for that. So to Guy's point. Maybe one stock's up 7%. The next, next night, it could be down 7%. And it gives you net-net nothing to think about going into year-end. I think we've all masked ourselves again, thinking that rates are going to turn around. Wait, and, pivot? Yeah, I think, well, that's what's the reason for the rally today is that maybe well, people think there's going to be a pace pivot or a pivot. And, and to Guy's point, maybe we can rally into Powell speaking, and that's going to be the shot of reality for us to say, oh, wait a minute, he really is still hawkish. Right. So I do believe we're going to get a rally going into year end. I thought it was going to stem from midterm elections, but maybe we get a little bit back up again uh, the week of Powell, well, and then we rip. I, we, look, we had a monster week in yields up until today, and, and the reversal today. So I'll, I'll just, I think this is what is being threaded into every comment so far. It's, it's all about rates. It's all about the dollar. And we're not going to rally in equities with any meaningful and sustainable uh, push without getting some clarity on rates. And so the 433 intraday high on the 10-year to, to close at 422, 463, 463 on the two-year note before pulling back to about uh, 446. Uh, a lot of this, I think also helped by what happened in Japan. So Japan had a CPI number this morning, eight-year highs. And again, you saw the dollar go to 114 because you get to this place where you have this mismatch. BOJ has to come in. Dollar starts to actually sell off. And we went all the way down to 111. We talk about this all the time as well, which is this volatility in currency and rates markets is scary, but it's it's what moved the equity markets today. And if you look at that turnaround, it was all about it. So what's going to rally in a world where rates are coming down? Uh, I think the high uh, certain mega cap tech stocks are in a pretty good place to actually do that. Next week's earnings, I think, are obviously critical, but they're not what's driving this market. Okay. And, and, and to me, this was a week where, if anything, Fed speak had people give it, it, it led to more of a debate about, OK, 75 in November for sure, but maybe only 50 in December. And, and what I'm hearing out of a handful of Fed members is they really do want to wait. So let me push back on you for a second. We've got earnings next week. That's for the quarter we already have. So um, rates declining, how's that going to change the Amazon story? How's that going to change the Meta story? I mean, Amazon, obviously, big portion not- of their business comes from consumer spending, but People are still buying the toilet paper and their sneakers and the stuff they were always going to buy on Amazon. Let's hope. Yeah, so I'm, I'm talking about how people participate in the stock market and allocate capital. So in a world where rates are peaking, uh, what stocks do you want to allocate to? You want to go to mega cap tech stocks that I think are going to be defensive. First of all, none of those big five have really told you that their, their business is under any major pressure. We haven't heard about Not enterprise. We haven't heard about the consumer. So, no, a view on, on rates even just peaking is going to be a view where Investors are going to allocate money towards the places where they have the most confidence, but the places where I think you get a little bit of growth at a reasonable price. And I think technology, at least those tech stocks, not mega cap tech, although those are the ones that it will rally the most. So if you feel like we've peaked in yields and you want high beta, um, you should be going for actually the Internet stocks and the stocks that have underperformed. And look at the week that Netflix had. That was both fundamental, but also I think it, the whole space rallied. 
Yeah, Netflix seemed pretty interesting. I mean, that, that jump in subscriber numbers with inflation, with all that competition, not even sure what to make of all that. But, Guy, I want to come over to you. When we're talking big tech, does inflation uh, create a narrative at all for these companies for this quarter? So, look, I, I would submit the one that's really most affected by it were two of them, probably Amazon in terms of their margins, potentially, and Apple. And Apple, I mentioned, again, not that I'm a hater because, listen, they're not impervious to what's going on in the world, and they're still selling $1,100 items in an environment where people are starting to focus on what they're spending money on. So they're not going to be impervious to what's going on globally. So, yeah, I do think it uh, creates a bit of a disturbance for them. But other names... You know, I don't necessarily think it's a big deal for a Google, and I don't think it's necessarily a big deal for a Microsoft. There are other headwinds those companies are facing. So to Tim's point, inflation's about allocating capital, and the inflation problem is not over by any stretch of the imagination. And the relief rally we saw today on some belief that potentially these guys and gals are going to pause or pivot, you know, it makes sense. I think it's going to be short-lived. Julie Beal, one last word. Yeah, no, I, I think Amazon is the bellwether that I'm paying attention to for earnings. I think, you know, none of no one on this panel is old enough. I am the one who remembers when GE was the bellwether, and now I feel like that's really Amazon. But I, I'm really curious to see what's happening with the consumer, what's happening at enterprise. Um, and they just have their hands in so many different pockets that I think they are really the one to pay attention to in terms of where the economy is going. The G used to stand for guy in GE, so I think <laughs> Julie could be could be wrong on her assessment yeah. of the age on this wrong. panel. Yeah, I didn't know if that was sarcasm. I mean, like you don't ask lady her age or anything. So I'm just like, wait, wait a if minute. If you know what? Julie, you know you get zero sarcasm out of her. Uh-huh. That happened. was sarcasm. And, and I, I tell you, I just say this about GE. Also, uh, part of that rally today is Baker Hughes. Uh, they don't own the same piece of, of Baker Hughes they used to, but it was an oil services rally that led it to GE. All right, a little insight there. All right, it's not just big tech earnings on the calendar for next week. A whole bunch of bellwethers with more than 150 companies getting ready to report their results. We're showing you the wall right there. We thought this would be a perfect time to play what we like to call a little game of Trade It or Fade It. Trade It or Fade It. Right, well Woo! done, Tim. I was supposed to jump in yeah. on that. They told me pause. Just leave the prompter right there. It's a pause. Yeah. It's America's favorite fast money game. Let's kick it off with Ford gearing up to report Wednesday after the bell. The Dean, I don't, so you don't seem to like that tight. I'm just giving it to you, guy. Trade it or fade it. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it. I mean, I, you know, I was in front of the Dean of, of, of uh, what, what do they call that, Tim, when you're in trouble back in college. But that's probably uh, another story. I, I trade, Were you adjudicated I, a yeah, little bit? Dean, yes. of, that's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> Ford, you trade. And listen, I've been wrong on this so many times, it's not even funny. But if you look at where we just traded down to, then you go back and look at where we traded down to in the middle of June. Short-term double bottom into earnings. I mean, this stock can rally 20% from here and still be in deep you-know-what. So I think Ford bounces. I trade it, but I got a short leash maybe out of 15. All right, Steve, I know you're champing at the bit to get yeah, at this one. Yeah, I'm champing and chomping at yeah, the bit champ. to get into this one. Yeah, so it, it, it is, it, this, for me, is going to be a fade. And I, and I look back, you have a higher uh, uh, interest rate environment now. You're probably going to be selling less cars in a recession than you would have pre-recession, the Fed wants to crush demand. He doesn't want to just bruise demand. He wants Mm -hmm. to crush it. True. So I have to go back to February 2020 level, and you look at the $9 level in Ford. I believe that that's probably where they're headed to. So it is a binary event. I just think that there's going to be a tougher slot going forward for Ford. So fade it. All right. Next up, we got Boeing. We'll post results bright and early on Wednesday. 
Tim Seymour, I know you're champing at the bit for this one. Trade it's it not letting go. Okay, champ. So, yeah, I, I think Boeing is, is a buy. I'd be trading that one. I'd be trading for a variety of reasons. We had a great week for airlines, and you can't tell me that that doesn't trickle into both sentiment and the, the really the fundamental story around Boeing. The fundamental story around Boeing needs to get back to free cash flow. I think they're going to show $4 billion in free cash flow in the second half of 22. An investor day coming up next week. You always rally into that. I think the dynamic around the deliveries of the 787 mean this is a better place. China gave a lot of news this week about opening up their economy and at least um, quarantine limitations. Great for airlines. Very good for Boeing. Julie Beal, the elder stateswoman. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I agree with Tim. Actually, I think there's a lot that's interesting and appealing here particularly for United right now, who's embroiled right now with their pilots. And buying more of those 787s actually helps them negotiate with those pilots because more of those guys want to be flying the wide bodies. Airbus is also in the mix for that, but Boeing can actually deliver a lot of those 787s pretty quickly. So I think they're better positioned on that bit. I'm going to be watching that for sure. All right, turn our attention to the logistics space. UPS to deliver their earnings report on Tuesday before the bell. Guy, how would you play this one? There's a great band. I know Tim is one of his favorite, Great White, and their song Once Bitten, Twice Shy, which oh. is just an awful song. But, And I'm thinking the same thing here. Listen, FedEx has really led us down a primrose path, and my sense is UPS is going to fall under the same pressures that they have. This stock really hasn't bounced all that much since the lows a couple weeks ago. I think we're in for another warn. I would fade it. You know, Guy worked at UPS, Frank. I don't know if you knew that, but, it, you know. If Guy, you spend seriously? Time, yeah, yeah. What, what were you doing? He was... Delivering packages? He was UPS. Killing it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite reporters at CNBC, they did this story earlier this week that actually the outlook for e-commerce is actually lower by 2%. Not a big deal if for, in a normal year where it's, it's kind of going up, but this year it's pretty much flat. So, Julie, I mean, with that trend, a downward trend of e-commerce, more people shopping in stores, trade it or fade it? Yeah, I really like paying attention to this name specifically because it tells you so much about the consumer. And so I'm more interested in what they have to say about their supply chain and how disputes, labor disputes, intermodal we had with J.B. Hunt this week. I'm really kind of curious what's going on with that, because I think that actually gives us some insight into how bad or good holiday is going to be. Obviously, I think it's going to be terrible. Oh, there you go. All right, moving on to McDonald's, coming out with their report on Thursday while their breakfast menu is still available. Steve, trade it or fade it? This is a trade for me. This is the, the most recession-proof I think we have in our uh, barrage of trade or fade, faded stocks. But you always have to have the stomach for this one because it trades up to 270, back down to 230. We're, about, we're almost about there to its peak. So I would, I would still be a trader. But just realize you get to 270, there's massive resistance. So fade it or trade it? No, I'm trading it for a little bit here. And then you, you, you literally have to trade McDonald's. All right, there you go. Tim, you, you want to jump in, but it's got to be quick. We've got to get to break. Uh, uh, well, uh, let me in. Um, I'll trade it, and I'll just stay there a long time. I think this company's got the tailwind in terms of the affordability factor. I think the free cash flow. And I think that you actually have a case where U.S. Samester sales continue to stay high. You know, Tim, some would say, you're loving it. All right, coming up, looking for some medicine for your portfolio. The Chartmaster is here with a deep dive on some names that are poised for big gains. And later on, we got options action. Dollar doldrums, the greenbacks, been on a tear this year. But our traders, they say, don't expect those gains to last. We'll lay out the way to play it. More Fast Money coming up in two. Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, wealth strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. 
For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, makes it easy. I use it to put my investment account and 401k accounts into one hub and get expert tips that help me confidently manage my money. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. All right, happy Friday. Welcome back to Fast Money. Vaccine makers, Novavax, Pfizer, Moderna, all seeing some healthy gains today. The stock's up between 4 and 12%. And then you know what? They're not the only ones seeing some strength in the space. Eli Lilly hitting a new all-time high during the session. So the question here is, can the strength continue? Let's bring in the chart master, Carter Worth of Worth Charting. Hey, Carter. Frank, I mean, it's, uh, it's a case of the least bad. We know that all sectors are down except energy, of course. And those that are down the least, the obvious ones, utilities, staples, but healthcare down the least of the other 10 that are down. Let's look at some charts. The first is a simple two panel chart. What you're looking at is the entire healthcare sector on the top as measured by the Spider Healthcare ETF, XLV. And on the bottom, of course, is relative performance to the market. And those arrows drawn tell the tale. It's down, the sector, but what is it doing? Of course, it's going straight up relative to the S&P. Nothing new there. There are several stocks, though, that are at 52-week highs and poised to break out. So, for instance, look at Lilly. How many stocks in this stock market right now, among the Russell 3000, are at 52-week highs poised to break out? Not many. Lilly is one of them. Big day today. Look also at Merck. Exact same setup. Uh, Technically ideal both exhibiting relative strength. So the final table is really maybe the most interesting thing. What we have is we know that healthcare is up more than the market in the sense that it's down less than the market, but these two stocks are actually up. And so an area of the market that's better than the market and two stocks within the area that's better that themselves are outright darn good. Buy them both. All right, Carter Worth, there it is. We're going to see you shortly in options action. We appreciate it. All right, let's trade it. God, I'm going to start with you. One question I have about these vaccine makers. Sooner or later, the government's going to stop paying for the vaccines. If you don't have the world's best customer, the U.S. government, can these stocks continue to move to the upside? Yeah, well, you know, we've actually steered away from the vaccine makers as a show. We've been focused on big cap pharma that dips their toe, but that's really not their bread and butter. And To Carter's point, I mean, Eli Lilly, Merck, both all-time highs today and seemingly will continue that trajectory. If you go back and look over the last couple of years, every sell-off or at least meaningful one of these names has been gobbled up. And I think that will continue. And other names like names we don't talk about that often, like McKesson, 
just continues to grind higher. So I think personally, post-election, when there will be no more bullseye on the back of some of these companies, I think that's when these stocks can really start to go higher. All right, Steve, you went, hmm, which is like so insightful, but Tim, you looked at me, so I'm just going to go over to you. Sorry, Steve. you got to do more than hum next time. And I, I tell you what, I think the Pfizer news about raising COVID prices is what this was all about, whether this is something that you want to follow through on. Moderna, they're going to make $22 billion or so from COVID this year. Next year, that's down to 13 and they, you say another $5 billion rolls off. If you add in this 25 to $30 price increase, it at least changes the story. I'll say this about Moderna. They have 40% of the market cap in cash, and it's a company company that, it, it, you know, to me, on valuation actually is, is attractive. The question is, what's their next thing? And I do think COVID vaccinations are, are not the future. Steve, you want to elaborate on hmm? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it, Tim, Tim said it. This was about pricing. So when you, you talked about the government being your biggest consumer of it, they also kept their thumb on the, on the lid of pricing. So if you have the ability to have prices expand for the entire group, then the entire group, in theory, should go higher. You get a yield in a lot of these names, not all of them, but you get a, a pretty good yield in a lot of these names. So in the handful of names that Carter just talked about, I'd be a buyer of those. So, Julie, we're going to give you last word. One thought, though, what about all the people that just don't want to take the shot? The government might keep the lid on the price, but a lot of people don't want to buy. Yeah, I think that's true. Vaccine hesitancy is a real problem in this country, but these are global markets. And I, I personally think that we will continue to have these kinds of pandemics again and again. And so vaccine and just everything mRNA, that technology is critically a leader. And so I like any business that's actually helping companies develop those rather than the ones who are developing them. All right, coming up, an energized trade, the stock that just put in its best day in nearly two years. What's driving those gains and where do we go from here? You're watching Fast Money live from the NASDAQ market site right here in the heart of Times Square. And we're back right after this. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. And welcome back to the Friday edition of Fast Money. Shares of Schlumberger topping the tape today. The oil field services provider rallying, as you can see, 10% after posting its best earnings report since 2015. The company saying sales surged as oil and gas prices remain high, as we all know. Schlumberger stock seeing its best day since November 2020. Let's trade it. Guy Dami, you're nodding. You stay with it. I mean, talk to Tim in a minute, but we've been talking about energy for a while. And despite the fact that the commodity has been under pressure and Steve's had a great call on the underlying, the stocks have done extraordinarily well. I mean, look at the big three cap integrated names, Chevron, Conoco and Exxon, all within a whisper of all their all time high, if not making new all time highs. And this quarter out of Schlumberger speaks to how much better a company it is. So these companies have run people. Their inclination is to get out. I think things are just getting started. Yeah, they, they, they mentioned that the next phase of offshore drilling is going to be heavy, also Middle East, and, and they just talk about how their numbers are going to be visibly higher than they're already re, re, you know, 
Reguided higher. How am I doing? Well said. Right. Well, well said. said. <laughs> they're, they're basically they've already guided higher, and they expect to right. visibly exceed that. And if you look at the digital story, uh, the margin accretion here. I've been long Slumber Jay for a while. I, it, we're we're not near the end here on this All right. one. All right, time for final trades. Going on the horn, Julie Beal, ladies first. Uh, I like market access. It's a business that's actually going to benefit from the volatility we're seeing in the fixed income market. Guy. Stay in energy. Halliburton's going to catch up. Steve. Okay, uh, I'm going to go with Pfizer, even though we talked about Lilly, we talked about Merck. I'm looking for Pfizer to be that catch-up trade on better pricing for vaccines. Yeah, we're out of order. Tim, you're up. Frank, great to have you here. Boeing, again, it's a free cash flow machine. It has been. The minute you get some more back here, that's the story to fall. All right, that does it for us here on Fast Money. Do not go anywhere. I'm going to be right here. Options Actions coming up next. Stay with us. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. FedEx.